Everybody's working. With that time's yours. It's always great to start any edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic, but it's especially nice to know, guys, uh, that, that we're going to have lots of things to talk about over the next hour or so, and then 45 seconds after we're done doing the show, some huge piece of news <laughs> is going to break. That's usually the way it works. Um, I, I'm just glad that we're all here <laughs> and that we have things to discuss that are, I, I assume, are Chiefs-related. Um you're probably wondering, dear listener, if I've watched anything related to football, <laughs> I can unfortunately report to you that I have yet to see something with my own eyes in person. But hey, that may change um, in the coming weeks, hopefully, if, if, if the Chiefs stay healthy and safe. So, welcome to the 2020 Chiefs camp. <laughs> oh, Nate. It's like whenever, I don't know if you guys did this, but whenever I was little, we definitely had a couple of days that, like, we had, like, a little tent, and we would either camp out in the backyard or just straight up, like, set it up in the living room or whatever. That's that's Chiefs mm-hmm. Camp 2020. It's just everyone sort of camping at home and pretend you make a s'more in the microwave or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, camping, and then you just sort of lie to yourself and pretend that that's what it is. Nate, I just, like, man, I, I wish I could come down to Kansas City and give you a hug. Because that was like the most like, well, I haven't actually seen football, but maybe at some point they might let us back in the building. <laughs> Dark. It's just so sad. Dark times. Uh, but we, it's uh, it, it's one of those, it's one of those, you know, I probably enjoy the memory of St. Joseph more now than ever yes. before. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yes, I, I, I love the people of St. Joseph. This is usually around the time where all three of us yeah. uh, would enjoy would enjoy the the oyster that that St. Joseph uh, you know <laughs> allows us to uh, to partake in. So missing St. Joseph um, and just you know watching random Twitter clips in my kitchen. Just, I mean, this is the new reality, folks. And you're looking, like, I don't know how many of our listeners and Chiefs fans are, are in my same boat. But, guys, I they put out anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Pause it. <laughs> Who's on the field? Is this the second team or is this the third team? Hey, two days ago, I saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting a handoff from Patrick Mahomes. Yep. All of a sudden, two days later, he's dropped to, like, the fourth team yeah. with Jordan Tom. Jordan threw him a pass what, on the Chiefs what, Twitter account what, today. What, what is happening? Apparently, um, Willie Gay Jr. is taking every snap on defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are the things that I have to, like, you know, examine on a ridiculous, semi-comedic, but semi-kind of, like, what is really going on in these video clips, guys. Um, so... Shout out to to Evan and everybody in the Chiefs video department. Shout out to Anna. Uh, just keep sending me more clips for me to analyze as if this is like fourth down yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, hey, Evan Evan and Anna, you said, Nate, is that right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Evan, yep. Evan and Anna, I can get you guys my email. I won't tweet it out or anything, but if I could just watch some of it, that'd be great. Just send me... Just send me anything. I'll take I'll take Jordan Tamu highlights, <laughs> man. I'm, I don't care. I'm dying out here. Uh, that, so that we, we have we have very few like actual football things that we've seen, but I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that news will break as soon as we're done recording because last week uh, the three of us and Alec Lewis, thanks again to him for joining us last week, 
Uh, we mm-hmm. we talked about stuff, and then Damien Williams opted out. And so today, at the very least, we waited until after the opt-out deadline happened, and uh, we have another, another Chiefs player who did uh, opt out of the 2020 season. That means three Chiefs players have decided to take that avenue. Lucas Niang opts out today as he was the first and I believe ultimately only rookie draft pick to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. There, were, there was at least one undrafted free agent uh, who, I have who signed and then opted out. Um, I don't know if you can if you can take this conspiratorial, Seth, but you haven't talked much yet, and so I'll go ahead and let you say what you think about Lucas Niang opting out of the 2020 season. I have one word for you guys. Maybe Brett two Veach words. is two words, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my, I, I'm intrigued by this. I'm like, I, I've, I, maybe Seth has not brought this to maybe, us. Yeah. This is this is happening in real yeah. time. So what is this con- <laughs> conspiracy involving Mr. Niang? I got two words for you. I, yes, I've changed it from one word to two words the more I thought about it. Red shirt. That's He's getting word. a red shirt year. That's is that one, one word, word man? Yeah, you know, sure. that, yeah, I think in the sports context, it's one, it's one yeah, word. If, now, if, if it is a shirt Hayden, of red. Will you wear a red shirt right, today? Right, right. Then then it would be two yeah, words. Yeah, but if you're a red shirt or a medical red shirt or whatever, yeah, you'd be. It's one word then, Seth. So, you know, yeah. college football is barely a sport. So Sure. I, <laughs> yeah, no one no one likes it. Well, it's it's a, crazy, but no one likes it. It's It's a... It's a sport. It's just it's not a professional Correct. one. Correct. Although yes. there are yeah, just ask many me economical. <laughs> oh, good. Although there are many many economical uh, factors that suggest it kind of is professional. Yeah. Anyway, let's just keep going. Yeah. Stuff. So anyway, I'm just throwing this out there. Obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to leave this sort of decision up to everyone. My understanding is that the contracts just roll forward a year, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's why, like, with Damian Williams and LDT, it kind of makes things a little bit complicated next year in some ways. But with Niang, it's like, wait, you get an extra year to get healthy, learn a little bit more about being a pro, and then your rookie contract starts next year? Huh. When you weren't going to start this year? Huh. I mean, I'm not saying Brett Veach would call someone and be like, hey, look, Lucas, your chances of starting this year are, how do we say this, astronomically low. So what if we just gave you $150,000? Which is a loan, you... so they didn't really give him that, but that's okay. Yeah, it's it's a financial loan that will be tied to your salary, but it, it's just sort of put in place, and then it'll carry so over next year. So what if we loan you $150,000 to keep the lights on, and you just chill? I don't know. I'm just saying. Now... Do I think that's what happened? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't really know for sure. It just as I after I said that, I was like, it'd be a lot funnier if I just said yes. It's like the whole Michael Scott thing. Does that yep. make me a hero? I don't. Who's to say? But yes, 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 it does. <laughs> the it, it's it's a fun it's a fun thought exercise. Um, that being said, sir, <laughs> I will do. Uh, I will. I will sort of counter that with some reporting. Oh, that's um, good. You, hold you on, know, Nate. You, I, listen. Here's, here's the one issue: is I feel like I, I hate to interrupt you with having actual facts, but I kind of wanted to do my reverse speculation and then also. Oh, go for you can it. Give then. us the actual yeah, yeah. answer key because you'll have the actual. Yeah, answer. go for it. All right, Seth, I have a question for you, uh, Your Honor, if I if I may. Why would Lucas Niang do that? 
Because he's a team player, Josh. Okay, very good. Just 150% a team guy. No, he doesn't really have any real incentive to do it. So I think it's probably more whether he's got unhealthy family or whether he, you know what I mean, whether he views himself as a more risk. I'm guessing it's probably something like that. The other thing there is that, and I, there might act, Nate, you might actually know more on this than I do, but I, I don't know what level of contact these guys could have because I do think you could, you could, you could create sort of the IR with a hangnail sort of, sort of thing <laughs> um, with a player in in a system like this. If you said like, hey, we're gonna, you know, get in, get into the playbook, Jordan Taamu, um, we, you know, we're we're gonna structure your contract to give you a nice signing bonus that's actually gonna carry you through this year, but you don't have to have a roster spot and all that. And train and work out, and you're basically going to audit this year. I don't, I don't know if there would be restrictions in terms of of like coach to player interaction once a dude has opted out. Because the other thing is then like they're not getting paid, so would the NFLPA let them basically still be on the clock while not getting paid? That feels like there's a lot of. I don't again. I don't know how that's that set up, but it feels like there would be a lot of loopholes in there. Yeah, it is. It is far more complicated for particularly undrafted and drafted players who have no NFL experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one reason as to why um, Niang is such a rarity in this cause, because most rookies understand, one, to get to your second contract, which we've all spoken on before, the sooner you get to your second contract, the, the better it is for you um, financially, even if you have to play through a pandemic. And we obviously understand the decisions that guys made in terms of opting out or sort of putting their career on pause for um, clearly bigger things than playing football. But that's one part of this. Um, I had spoken to a number of people around uh, Lucas Niang this morning on Thursday, and it is clearly about um, a family situation. Uh, that, that person was not told to me specifically, and I understand that this is like family-related, so it's not like... I have to hunt this down as if it's like (laughs) a salary cap issue. Mm -hmm. So I want to make that clear to listeners. Like I'm not really going to push his family because again, Lucas has not done anything in the NFL. Like his NFL experience, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, these two weeks where he came to camp, (laughs) saw the, saw the settings, uh, understood, okay, how this may or may not work. And then, you know, ultimately made the decision um, for a family member to sort of uh, help prevent the, possibility of the virus you know sort of being contracted and obviously having an outbreak in his family so um it was a tough decision i know he was thinking about it from a couple people that i talked to it sounded like he was thinking about it for at least a week so obviously the rookies reported to camp first obviously they were really the first professional football players to kind of see this because the chiefs opened their camp early because obviously they're scheduled to play the first game of the season on september 10th so you know Lucas is a pretty well-thought-out kid. Uh, Obviously, he's gone through an injury before, like Seth sort of alluded to, um, where he wasn't 100% during the college football season last year, even though he was still considered a very very talented offensive lineman who the Chiefs were sort of projecting, hey, maybe you could, you know, make a run uh, at the guard position. But, I mean, the pandemic in terms of not having – a rookie mini camp, an OTA period, a mandatory uh, mini camp period. You know there are no preseason games, so Seth's right in terms of it would have taken multiple injuries and him just playing out of his mind or just being incredibly perfect in practice for him to probably 
earn a starting spot this year, um, particularly once the team signed um, a simile. So I, I think there's a case to be made that all this considered, um, it is sort of a red shirt year. He is going to be on the team because he was a top three pick. Like, historically, teams do not move on from rookies uh, when they take them in the first, second, or third round of the draft until they see multiple cases of, like, it just doesn't work out. I.E., Breland Speaks. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so, there's security for Lucas that he's going to be on the roster next year, regardless of what happens um, this particular season. And, look, there's just... There could be long-term effects uh, of this disease, and and this is what it sort of boils down to. And talking with members of the of the of the team, um, they still want to project him as a tackle. They don't want to necessarily force guard upon him. So I think that was a, I think that was part of like if he makes this decision, that sort of gives us a little bit of not having to, you know, put a circle into a square peg. Um, but for what I understand of it, it's a hard decision. He participated in everything, even up to yesterday on Wednesday before making the decision this morning, uh, to opt out, but he fully knows that he's going to be on the team next season with a chance to prove himself, uh, and to get, like Seth said, fully healthy. Um, and that can't be disregarded in most guys opting out. Like, yes, most of this comes down to finances and the uncertainty regarding the coronavirus. But if you're a veteran football player, your body's probably going to feel a lot better if you're not playing football for a year Mm -hmm. and you can come back and try to restart your career that way. Um, And the Yanks kind of in that situation too. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, The Chiefs offensive line is a complete cluster. You know what? (laughs) And it'll be fascinating to see how they figure this out in a four week period with no preseason games uh, to sort of give them a clear indication as to who should start and what role should uh, be for the top backups. We really probably should have just started with Nate, Seth, and just let him say that he talked to people close to him first before we did our thing. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just curious what we think the Internet is for. <laughs> if I mean, I appreciate Nate coming in here with facts and, like, reporting, but honestly, bit of a buzzkill. Like <laughs> I know, I was gonna say like I know my part is like essential, but is it completely entertaining? No, of course I want Seth to fly off the wheel all the time. Like yeah, that's true. And if I have to be the if I have to be the one to be like, hey, this is kind of the reasons for it, then that that's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, I got some other stuff to sort of share about where the offensive line is heading, and that is slightly more entertaining because I just think all of this is, like, laughable in, in a lot of ways because, like, who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I got theories on this offensive line um, once I knew of this information and could sort of get a grasp on it all from, a from you know, Niang's situation to obviously how that impacts the team. But, no, um Interestingly enough, as Seth was talking, I was like, yeah, half his theory is, is right. I mean, it will it will it is the equivalent of a red shirt, although that wasn't how it was designed. Right. When they drafted, they used to, like no one's like, all right, we're in a pandemic. Right. Hey, should we draft a third round pick right. to not even be with the team this yeah. year? Yeah. 
How about that? How about that, Bill Belichick? <laughs> it's called. That's some 77D chess right there. Sure is. And that, and, and I appreciate it. It's kind of like, though, like, I, I had people, so I when I looked at Clyde Edwards' Hilaire's film again, you know, once Williams opted out, which is obviously big news that I know we'll want to talk about. But, like, it was really funny, some of the responses I got when I was posting, you know, video clips online and stuff. When they're just like, man, that Brett Veach, you know, he plays 4D chess. I'm like, well, I don't think that's what was happening no. when he drafted Clyde. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I didn't really know what to say. I'm like, yeah, he's smart. But, you know, it's probably coincidence. Um, I took it. It is. <laughs> right. So, so here's, here's an interesting part that, that you guys both sort of alluded to. Um, when you draft someone like Clyde Edwards Alaire, it is assumingly agreed upon based on the collective bargaining agreement that you're going to sign that first round pick to a four year deal with basically a team option for the fifth year. Yep. Every team, unless you are just hot garbage, um, <laughs> is going to pick up that fifth year option. So in essence, it is a five year contract. Now with Niang, there's this weird mechanism um, because that was a word that we all Googled yes. uh, for for many for many times <laughs> for like a couple of weeks. There's this mechanism where he essentially is now a first round pick who had an technically an injured season, but you're going to pick up his fifth year option, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not exactly that, but it is essentially the equivalent of it. So um you could say that, yes, it's a red shirt. You could say that, hey, Lucas Niang could have blew out his knee in the first preseason game had this been a normal season. Mm-hmm. The one difference is because of the way the opt-out clause was structured within the new CBA, um, you will roll his contract over, and essentially you get a five-year player on a third-round pick, which is obviously rare and uncommon, but I feel like I've said that about 20, 20, 100 times. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any feel, Nate, for what the deal might be in terms of what I was sort of asking in the like in the realm of um, what kind of contact can opted out guys have with teams and everything? Because I could, I could very much see the NFLPA being like, hey, these guys told you they're not playing this year, so stay out of their way. You're not paying them. Right. They're they're over there. You know, don't don't ask them to come in and rehab because there's COVID at the facility or whatever. Like, do you have any feel for that at all yet? So I am kind of uh, I'm kind of taking an educated guess on this because I haven't. That'll do. I, That's I, better than I got. <laughs> I haven't gotten this nailed down yet. But there are two classifications, and we have this on the Athletic, so you can read it in a number of stories. Um, but we have it on the Athletic based on everything we understand of this opt out agreement between the players. And the owners is that there are two classifications. You can be a high risk uh, opt out, or you can be a voluntary opt out. Because Lucas Niang is a offensive lineman and or defensive lineman, I feel like any of those dudes could like say, "Hey, I have I have a BMI kind of. Hey, maybe I have asthma. Maybe I am you, you know Lucas Niang's African American like." Just contracting yeah. the virus itself is like kind of a high risk thing, based on all the studies yeah. we have. So Lyman could, I guess, submit to be at high risk. Um, now, some of that is part of like, do you have pre existing conditions that can be exacerbated if you contract the virus? Of course, that's the case. But some guys could say, if I catch it, I will, for whatever reason, be at a higher risk than say someone who is, you know, not three hundred pounds. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're voluntary, I think there is a 
chance for you to be there's a there's a higher chance for you to have some level of communication with the team, whether that's both formal and informal. I think if you're high risk, the understanding is you should not be in contact with the team. Obviously, you know, the league's not going to monitor everything you do every given day. But I think high risk guys like Nate Solder should really just focus on their families, trying to remain socially distant. They can watch football. Obviously, they got guys' phone numbers that they can text in their phone. But, like, they just, like, the communication with them and the team will basically be put on pause until we hope, you know, February or March of 2021. If you're a voluntary opt-out, I think there are chances for you to be involved to some degree. Now, that won't be, like, game planning. But, like, I'm assuming Lucas Niang may still have the chance, if he is a voluntary opt-out, to get, you know, installs. Game plan updates, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. Maybe you can see film on the iPad and still have communication with, like, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach for the Chiefs. So those are the distinctions. I think the league right now is even trying to figure that out itself. Um, but that is my best guess, best guess right now on all the information I've sort of tried to understand uh, as they were sort of moving the deadline up, moving it back, and then obviously it was today on Thursday. The one other thing with Niang before we kind of do spend some more time talking about Damian Williams is that we've we've talked quite a bit, especially whenever they draft the Niang, like the the there's a very obvious thing that happens in 2021 is that Eric Fisher's 14 and a half million dollar deal, 11 and a half million of that could get uh, moved off the cap if he were to be cut. And, you know, Mitchell Schwartz is at a level higher than Eric Fisher, even though I think Eric Fisher is generally pretty underrated because of being a number one overall pick and everything. Um, Schwartz is, if you're, if you're, if you're picking pay a tackle, it's Mitch Schwartz. We all get that 100%. Yep. Um, and he's making less money next year than Fisher as well. But so there was kind of the conversation of could Niang end up being the guy that plays uh, left tackle next year if they do move on from Fisher and need to cut some some cap space and all of that. Um, I now wonder if he can prove that he's ready for that job without being there. Because that was kind of the narrative of there's there's no rush right now, but if 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 Andy Heck works with him for, for a season and has him out there for enough practice reps and everything that you see, ah, uh, yeah, I think this dude can take it week one next year. Maybe you can move on from Eric Fisher and feel better about it. Seth, I'll, I'll go with you first because you, I mean, you, you looked at Nyang when they drafted him, and, and we've been watching Eric Fisher for a while. Do you, do you have any theories on how that process might change with Nyang not being out there uh, throughout this season? I think he might have had a shot um, had he been there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how they make that sort of decision with him unless I, I think that's a decision that you couldn't really make until you're like through training camp and like some preseason games, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you can't do it. You just can't. Um, it, Patrick Mahomes is too important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, it, now, will Niang maybe be ready to do it? I think there's a possibility. His college tape. It's really hard to not like I don't want to get people too hyped up because we'll see how it goes. But he really was pretty dominant. And if it weren't for injury, I think he's a significantly higher draft pick, like yep. even a first rounder. Yep. Yeah. Um mul- mul- by the way, he- multiple evaluators told me he was sort of slotted between that twenty five to forty five you know, had he been fully healthy. Right. And going into that year, because you know, he played injury or played injured part of it. Um, and so I think that that playing that year almost hurt him more than it helped him. Yeah. Um, because I mean, his entire backpedal looked different. It was a whole gig, right? 
Um, and so I'm just curious. He he really is super talented, very strong, moves well, great punch, long arms. And so I think he's talented enough, but I just don't know how you make that decision if you're Andy Reid and he hasn't been around all year. Like, yeah. let, I mean, let's say you don't have any contact or it's limited contact, right? I mean, you have no idea. You've never seen him in a preseason game even. Right. Right? I mean, th- mm-hmm. that's just almost impossible to do when you're protecting Patrick Mahomes. Now, they can do some things to protect him. Um, Niang now, in terms of, of help and sliding and that kind of stuff. But Reed doesn't really like to limit his playbook. So I, I think mm-hmm. that becomes a really tall hill to climb. Yeah. Nate, do you does that check out for you? It, it does for the most part. And it also has a ripple effect where I think, much like they did with Mitchell uh, last year, Mitchell Schwartz, um, I assume if everything goes well, team plays well, uh, Eric Fisher is healthy, I assume Brett Veach, Clark Hunt, and Eddie Reed are going to come to Eric and say, can we can we roll some money over? Can we readjust this? Um, you know, obviously various guys have done this around you. Can you be the next guy to sort of smooth that over for the team? And another guy that this may, you know, have some benefit to if he plays well in a supporting role or in a spot starter situation is Mike Rimmers. Um, Yeah. We kind of can get lost with him in the shuffle because, guys, I feel like the Chiefs have 15 offensive linemen, and I don't know. I only know three are starting. (laughs) I only know three are starting. It's it's Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, and Austin Ryder. That's it. Everything else – you 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 got an idea? It, it is totally valid at this point. But Mike Rimmers appears to be the guy that they have the most confidence as being the swing tackle, i.e., the replacement for uh, Cam Irving. Um, some will say that that is a job that is completely doable um, based on <laughs> based on what Cam Irving put on That's tape last year. Unnecessary. That was so unnecessarily hey, hey, rude. I'm just. I'm just. That's very doable. That I am. I am stealing that just on a complete side note. <laughs> I'm not going to say this player's film was bad. I'm just going to say replacing him feels very doable. 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 It's it's it, it appears very doable because Mike Rimmers, as I like to remind people. At one point in time, was a starting tackle for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers when they reached the Super Bowl in 2015. Yep. So if he is a swing yes. tackle, uh, and if he plays well in like you know four or five games, he also could come back next year on a one year deal as a protection as you try to bring you know Niang up in a more again conventional off season program. Yeah, you said you have like conspiracy theories about the offensive line, so let's follow that a little bit. Like you've got. You, we, you know, Niang is out. We've mentioned Rimmers. Uh, Martinez Rankin starts on the pup list, as is Juan Thornhill. I don't. I think that happened after we did the podcast last week. I can't remember, but um, it, we that was pretty much expected for both of those guys to not. Don't panic about Juan Thornhill. Um, but but Rankin is there. I've I've I continually forget and then remember Greg Senat, and <laughs> I think I've probably forgotten some other guys. Don't I, forget. I oh, don't forget Nick oh, Allegretti. Uh, yeah, Nick Allegretti is there. Yasir Durant from Mizzou might stick around now. He's got an easier yep. path to playing time. That's true. That's very true. I think it, that's all. I, of them. It's I wild. don't think anyone can forget about Nick Allegretti, at least in my mentions. Because, like, anytime I talk about the interior line, like, yeah, but what about Allegretti? I'm like, what about <laughs> him specifically? Would you you, like you to get know? it, though, right, Seth? Like, it's, I mean, like, it was uh, the same thing happened for, for a full year of. Uh, 
Oh God, the, the defensive lineman who they tried to make an offensive lineman did Kalu McKenzie. Kalu McKenzie, that's oh, right. It, it just yeah. It, it's yeah. The, it, and the reason is what about L- Khalil McKenzie? <laughs> what about it's like they, well they draft LDT in the sixth round and he becomes a starter like that kind of stuff that like the Andy Reid just does that so you just assume that every late round draft pick is going to be a stud. Well, and, you know, I mean, to be fair, you do have some places that feed into that. Like, you know, I'm looking at uh, some publication that on June 20th had an article asking if Nick Allegretti can push his way into the starting rotation. But, you know, that's just, you know, that's Those just are not, that's, that's that's asking, It's asking a lot. Are involved in, right? that, felt <laughs> like, that felt like shade maybe at me. And I'm like, I've definitely never written that. It's, so that's not. It's, it's asking a lot. But, hey. I clicked on it. (laughs) Yeah, no, take my shut up and take my click. Googling it now. (laughs) Just look up Nick Allegretti. Some. Oh yeah, the the answer the answer in that is no. By the way, Seth, read the story. That was a series. That was a series about the Chiefs sophomore players, and the answer is no. Read the story. Oh, why are you such a hater? Because I'm defending, I'm defending my honor of a story that I forgot that I edited. This is this is this is the best part of this podcast. I felt, it felt it felt like he it felt like Seth wouldn't have done that to insert other chief site here thing. So I felt like there was an attack on me there. Oh, it was. It wasn't oh, an it attack. Was. I'm sorry. Oh, no. no. I'm sorry that <laughs> you, headline's too sensationalist you, for you, Seth. You've never done that before. You can try to backpedal, no, Seth. We all, we all know what the scheme was, okay? Like, we, we all saw, <laughs> yeah, we we all all saw, saw it. it coming. Yeah, we, we all we've saw it seen coming. it on film, and we saw it again. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, no, like... No, I, 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 I do get why people... It's the unknown. Yeah. And, and that's really that is and, appealing. And you you haven't seen someone fail, and, right? And I was gonna say this too. Like um, there was a time when we had preseason games last year, where I think I texted Seth mid second preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, where I was like, Nick Allegretti, offensive lineman, Khalil McKenzie, gonna take some time. Gonna 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 <laughs> really. I remember that. Take some, and I and I really preseason. Right, right. We thought we. I, I was so, and this tells you how fun my job is, because you just, you just, you build these sort of thoughts where you're like, I'm gonna do a story on, on, on McKinsey. Like, I'm gonna do it. He's been working out with Bill Shields. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm not doing it. Like, nope, not doing it. Nobody has told me I should do it, and I'm not doing it. And Khalil's a really good dude. He got married. Shout out to him. He's been in the XFL. He's he's still like bouncing around. Um, you know, it 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 may take it just may take longer than some projected uh, or wanted or felt that a story was going to be written that never ran. Um, so anyway, this is way too inside beat writer. Hey. Hey Nate, hey Nate, I got a question for you. Tell me which one of these headlines and back-to-back stories you think is funnier. Okay, you just tell me which one of these two stories you think is funnier. God, oh no! What, what does Lashawn McCoy have left? Maybe more than you think. Hey, did, that was did, true. Or, or, or Seth, you feisty mother bleeper, a case for unheralded tight end Jody Fortson and his unique skill set to make the Chiefs roster. Bleep off, Seth. We put Jody you, you in the preseason it. Hall of Fame on like episode yes. two of this podcast. 
Yeah, you, you were right there with me. That's when Nate called him Jody Foster. <laughs> Googling, Googling, the, trying to find headlines of stuff that he, we've written, and you wrote about Jody Foster. Hey, here's why Jody Foster this, should make the this team. This is hey, not hey, a you fair hypocrite. fight. I've been writing you stuff in this industry hypocrite. for like 10 years. Jo- Jody, Jody, Jody. There's to be some stuff in there. Jody, Jody's still on the roster, guys. Jody, Jody. I mean, yeah, yeah. Watch out, Ricky Seals Jones. Hey, time out. Tweet, 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 tweet. Sorry, I got another one from the uh, from August uh, twenty nineteen. <laughs> Chiefs rookie running back Darwin Thompson will be tough to keep off the field. He wasn't, Seth. He really wasn't. <laughs> no, it was tough. They had to. It's in, intensively, in, intentionally make bad decisions and just say, you know what we ought to do, guys. After we've clearly noted that that Shady and Shady had some moments earlier, Josh, you saw it, I saw it, we all saw it. But all they had to do was like, you know, Daryl Williams is consistent and not super fast. I think we're gonna keep giving him the ball. And this was it was hard. It was hard for them. They just made the wrong choice. Um, That's not on me. Holy cow! And it was one joke. I'm sorry. Goodness gracious. I just want us to get to November and read back the quotes of Tom Brady about one LaShawn McCoy and just see how much they match. Cause you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot to, it's a lot to ask that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'm probably, wow. I've really been kind of harsh this episode and I don't know why that is ladies and gentlemen, but um, yeah. Tom Brady thinks LaShawn McCoy is going to be a thousand yard rusher and there is severe evidence to suggest otherwise. But you know, this is, <laughs> it's, it's the preseason. It's camp. You just say glowing things. I thought I was going to write about a guy who was pretty good in college and was just going to switch positions and on the other side of the football <laughs> and think it was going to work in the hardest league to play football. Hey, you know, these That's things right. happen. These these things happen. I just Googled Seth Kaiser David Amerson, and it was, a, it was an eventful search. Hey, I said that I didn't think that was going to work out well. You might have thought that you didn't think it was going to work out well, but you're too positive. I don't, I'm trying to I find, do, like, your I most negative think... film review ever. <laughs> Please say you Tyler know, Palco. I don't think I don't think even that was true. You know, see, I Seth, Seth Kaiser Orlando. You probably didn't Orlando Scandrick film review, right? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think I did. Hey, Orlando Scandrick contributed until he didn't. <laughs> he contributed to most of the Chiefs' opponents, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he, he he contributed to some new things. You know. I see now. Now, basically, Nate, you're going to need to carry this for a couple of minutes while okay. Josh and I just Google headlines for things that we've <laughs> okay. Orlando Skandrick, my one memory of him was uh, chatting <laughs> with him in the LA Coliseum and me trying to acknowledge to him that, sir, it appeared you dropped a game saving interception. And he was like, What are you talking about? And I was like, Orlando, it's the fourth quarter. Like, Jared, like you read the play beautifully, you, you cut the route. Jerry Goff didn't see you. He threw it right to you, and you dropped it. And then, like, four plays later, um, Daniel Sorensen can't tackle. Uh, I can't remember who scored the touchdown. It was the secondary tight end for the for the L.A. Uh, Rams. So that that's my one Orlando Scandrick story. Um, yeah. In the greatest football game I've ever seen in my life, honestly. 54-51 because Orlando Scandrick. Up, he just straight up refused to acknowledge yes! that he dropped it? He straight up, like, he he was kind of like, we we all made mistakes. And I'm like, but sir, 
so weird. <laughs> <But> sir, <laughs> sir. <laughs> like but I'm not, sir. I'm not asking about everybody's mistakes. We'll get to Daniel Sorensen in a minute, okay? Because I'm, I'm, I'm aware that he got beat on the touchdown play. I'm aware of that too. But sir, I specifically asked about your opportunity to kind of save your teammates, particularly on defense. And you, you, okay, we're. I'm just gonna ask another question. Hey, that happens, kids. <laughs> you sometimes you ask people questions, and uh, and then you're forced to ask another one. <laughs> you forced to ask another one sir you did not answer the question uh you know what these your headlines are so vanilla josh anyway yeah. <laughs> could you say I, oh, I oh so he's, he's taking a more um taking a more ca- a cautious approach a more a more a more calculated one is that what you're saying i am I, gonna go with chicken poop <laughs> Is the <laughs> I don't no? I think I wrote I, that anyway. Did I ever I don't write think, a chicken poop in an article? I don't think. I'm sure Hold between on. the two of us, we've written like a hundred million words. I'm sure one of us has written chicken poop at some point. <laughs> okay, hold I'm on. Sure I'm sure it's Googling happened. at JB no. Briscoe chicken poop right now. <laughs> um, it comes up with an article that okay. says what's the scoop I'm on chicken sorry, poop? But I it doesn't have you about headline. Nick Allegretti. <laughs> I was googling Nick Allegretti, and it just so happened that the second thing shout out for your SEO skills. My, SE, my SEO team, skills are on point, Seth. <laughs> And shout out me. for them. And that's the first thing that popped up. So I thought it would be funny. And instead, it's become this bitter war in which titles of articles that I didn't write. I don't know why you're not yelling at Brendan about these titles. <laughs> Darren, don't you put that I'll on Brendan. On. Don't you put that on no, Brendan. Yeah, yeah, again, just absolutely cowardly. Uh, we should talk about Damian Williams, all of us together. But first, I will just say one, one sort of last thing on the topic is Darren Lee film review linebacker acquisitions addresses a glaring weakness on the Chiefs D. It did. It didn't address it very well. I was like, oh, look at that issue. Anyway. I, I Okay. Quick story about Darren Lee. Super fine gentleman. Yes, why am I doing great. the Stephen? Why am I doing the Stephen A. impression on SNL? Anyway, Darren Lee. This is great. Incredibly smart person. Um, yes. You know, was trying to reinvent himself in real time. He, by the way, his mother... Uh, TV anchor. So, like, he knows news coverage in and out. Again, very good guy to talk to. October of last year. Uh, essentially, Deshaun Watson, and I know it's going to shock you to say for me to say his name, but Bill O'Brien um, picked on Darren Lee in a way that I felt was unnecessary. Like, just completely unnecessary. <laughs> and I remember leaving the locker room, and I'm like, I really like Darren Lee. But but th- this ain't it. This 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 mm-hmm. this this ain't it. Now to be fair, he was a great guy who was a you know was not a uh, disruptive presence in the locker room. Um, did his job actually on special teams. Um, I'm somewhat surprised that he's not in the league right now. But um, sometimes you just have these moments in sports where you're just like, you know it, I know it. <sighs> <laughs> that was such a profound exhale (laughs) i I just i just didn't know that i was gonna become like (laughs) michael shay it's just story time with nate (laughs) i just i just didn't know i was gonna be doing Stephen a smith's where i'm like carmelo anthony loving father great human being activist Olympic champion can't win in the fourth quarter. 
However, <laughs> how I didn't know I was going to be doing this. You know, it's great. He can't be a number one. I I just I don't know what is happening to me right now. Yeah, you now Nate's just going after people. Meanwhile, I'm never going to take a stance on another player or situation <laughs> ever again. I'm going to write. I I'm going to end every article with. What does that mean? Who knows? <laughs> it's up to the. It's up to the. The future is up to the player and the coaches yeah. and out of my hands. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be like, will 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 he play well next season? Nobody bleeping knows. <laughs> this is my TED talk. Football play outside of the very best players and the very worst players in the league varies wildly from year to year. This has been my TED talk. Oh, man. <laughs> and Darren Lee, man, that still frustrates me where it's like, man, it's like, man, you look good in coverage. Then he came to the Chiefs and, hey, look, he did his best, like he said, to reinvent himself. But I, people talk about, like, how he looked in run defense, like, and it wasn't terrific. There were some issues there. But, like, he just – he struggled in coverage, too, in Kansas City. And I was watching him. I'm like – And it made no sense. I, At the time, it made literally no sense. I, I saw this. And so, no, it, that was tough. Man, this is this has been, like, a uh, best of – I maintain that Jordy Fortson would have done great things. He's still on the roster, will, Seth. He's got a chance. He's there. He's I'm sorry. There. We'll do. He's going to be. We'll do. It's going to be we'll do. Jody versus Air. <laughs> and he's going to kill Air. Yeah. He's going to murk oh, Air. Okay. That and he's going to make the roster. Because <laughs> there, there's no there's no opponents. There, There is no preseason games. So it's just Jody versus yeah. Air. And I'm assuming Patrick's going to deliver the ball on time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was right about Patrick Mahomes. I would have taken you were. You were, Seth. You were. You know what? You Take a victory were. lap. Take a lap. You got this one. There's your dub. Uh, I would have taken the under on 42 minutes before we started talking about Damian Williams. But, you know, sometimes sometimes you, you make chicken salad out of chicken poop, I think. Did I do it? Did I, did I fulfill that Google search now, nice. Seth? Will that make we a transcript did it. somewhere? We did it. It'll did find it. it. Uh, Damian Williams opted out like two minutes after he finished the show last week. Uh, Danielle finished the editing job of it, which included like so much editing in last week's show. It was a whole thing, a whole thing. And, and then Damian Williams opts out. So Nate gets a little preview on it. So Nate has talked about it here, um, but we haven't really gotten all three talking about it together. Damian Williams opts out and they drafted Clyde Edwards-Olaire, obviously. Darrell Williams is back from injury. They added DeAndre Washington this offseason, and it's going to be tough to keep Darwin Thompson off the field, is what I'm reading. Uh, so, I don't mean so to laugh, what? but it's great setup. Great, <laughs> incredible setup. So, Seth, I'll start with you. Um, as a man who loves every one of the Chiefs running backs, how you think it's going to look from this point forward? And also, maybe more specifically, like honestly, what you think they are actually losing by not having Damian Williams out there um, for, for at least, you know, like the first, whatever, half of the season as, as sort of the time that maybe could have been spent um, and, and maybe more of a split. Well, since we've spent the last 10 minutes establishing my infallibility, I think it is important <laughs> that I give my opinion on this because clearly... When I project something, boom, it happens. <laughs> you got Mahomes. Um, you got Mahomes right. I got Mahomes. And, 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 and let us never forget my five-minute diatribe a few weeks ago about being right about Chris Jones. So, you, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. You're on a streak. You, you get some. the big ones. Yeah, you got, you I got to be more ones. pessimistic, though. Well, and then, like, one of the most pessimistic right. you, times. You, you, what? I'm trying to give you credit. You were dead on with McCall Hardman. You were dead on with Juan Thornhill. No, you were dead on with McCall Hardman, though. 
I was. And I was going to say with Thornhill, that's like I zigged when everyone zagged. I was like, ah, I don't know. I didn't. And then I watched him in training camp for like two minutes. I was like, ah, crap. I was completely wrong. <laughs> like, it's like, I was changing direction ability. And I watched him in camp. I'm like, man, he just ran downfield with Tyreek Hill. Well, I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, and then you also changed your direction. You lived and you learned. Yeah. Yeah. I lived, and I, I lived and I learned up until I, I didn't learn to apparently not make a joke about a meaningless Nick Allegretti <laughs> article. Meaningless? <laughs> you think that's meaningless? I'm angry again. <laughs> Are you going to please don't Google all the meaningless things I've written? No, I, no, I won't. I, because because Seth, that's, that is the one that is the one hologram that I will not turn off because whenever you find out. Uh, the 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 dividing line between meaningless and not meaningless things in the world, all sports disappears. Oh, that's all. That's absolutely true. I thought you were going to ask me if I knew where that was, and man, was I ready! Like I like I have never been more ready to discuss a topic in my life in the oh, entirety the line of this of podcast. And non meaningless. Oh, absolutely, and man, oh, we yeah. were going to get into some Ecclesiastes, and it was going to be incredible. But instead, I'll talk about Damian Williams. Perfect. So, <laughs> so. The uh, the the effect that it should have on them early on, I think we're going to know by, I mean, barring injury, all that stuff, we're going to know by midway through the second quarter of the first game because Edwards Hilaire is either ready or he's not. And with running back, it, it's very clear very quickly, right? Um, his his skill set is perfect for what the Chiefs do. Absolutely perfect. And so, in theory, this actually could be, and again, shout out to Damian Williams, who's a freaking Chiefs legend. I mean, I will never forget that dude. He, I cried harder because of a play he made than I've ever cried because of sports. And so, shout out to Damian Williams. But in terms of ability and, and skill set, being a fit for the Chiefs offense, Edward Tiller might be an upgrade if what he did in college translates well, which, let me just clarify, I don't know if it will. I think it will. But that doesn't mean it's a guarantee. I'm just in here looking at the film and doing the best I can. And even the NFL scouts get it wrong like half the time. And I'm just sitting here in my mom's basement looking at film. So, I mean, whatever. Um, God, I'm like, I'm like shell-shocked over here. So, I think it'll be... I, I think it'll be fine. I think uh, overall, it might actually in some ways be a bit of a good thing in terms of keeping the same running back on the field a little more often, maybe not trying to force carries to the veteran. Um, and, and Edwards Hilaire looks really, really good. Um, his film is unbelievable. And the thing that I would note about him is when you watch his college tape, it didn't matter who the opposition was, right? He looked like the mm-hmm. same dude, whether he was playing Northwestern or Alabama. And that's really important in terms of wondering how someone will do at the pro level. So I I, I don't think it's going to hurt them in some ways. If it gets Edwards Hilaire on the field quicker, it might be a good thing. The one way it'll hurt is if he's just not ready, and we're going to know that very quickly. And I'll, I'll throw that over to you then, Nate, in, in terms of like if he's not ready perhaps that might mean I've got a a particular favorite of that group of guys but if you generally agree with Seth's estimation there and then what happens if there is a little bit more of a learning curve right and it really sets up what occurred on opening night in 2017 right uh the Chiefs were on the road instead of being at home but you know Spencer Ware had his knee injury and again these are different circumstances but it sort of elevated the idea that like okay you drafted Kareem Hunt 
Let's see. Let's see if he's ready. Now Kareem did fumble on his first play, so if things go, <laughs> if, if things go bad real quick, it could obviously, uh, you know, be up from there. But it just reminds, like as Seth was talking, it just reminded me of that 2017 start where, okay, Andy Reid is like throwing the ball to Kareem Hunt on like seam routes, and so mm-hmm. again, if you're Bill O'Brien, I I, I pray for you, sir. I I, I pray. <laughs> Because oh. even good coaches like Anthony Lynn will tell you, starting the year against Andy Reid is not great. Not great at all. <laughs> yeah, this is not, <laughs> not, not ideal. Not ideal. Because even Anthony Lynn's like, I'm a really good defensive coach. I kind of know what's going on. We about to get. Guys, <laughs> I can't help you. 11, 11 Chargers. I can't help you. Yeah. He did that to Bill Belichick with Kareem Hunt, who had never played an yeah. NFL game. So it is possible. Yeah. <laughs> That Clyde Edwards O'Leary can come out and be gangbusters opening night. Um, and I think Seth's right. The Chiefs are going to probably give him the majority of the snaps, last touches to start. I think DeAndre Washington is probably a logical third down option because hopefully he's shown himself to be pretty decent at, you know, protection and being a, you know, sort of an outlet option out of the backfield on third downs if you want to, you know, limit. You know, I overwork or overwhelm Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But I think that's the way it's setting up so far. Again, this is something that mm. I would love to look forward to if I'm allowed to watch practice in like 10 days, guys. Yeah. But, you know, Ooh. just, just. I have a thought on that. Go. I have a thought on that. This, so like Andy Reid right now is having practices in which the media can't watch, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So he gets to now we have a completely unsupervised Andy Reid who doesn't have to even think about preseason games who's got a month to prepare. Lord for the help Texans. Bill O'Brien. Like, Lord, Lord. <laughs> who is their new defensive coordinator? I, I'm going to Google this, but keep going, Seth. I don't think it even matters a little, and we'll see how it goes. But like, because normally, you know, like with the media out there, Reed doesn't always show everything, and they know that there's a bunch of fans that, yep. regardless of everything they say, you know, everyone records it and posts it all over Twitter and Instagram and everything. Um, he's like, they can just practice whatever they want all the time, and I just, I'm telling you. I'm excited for that. Like, I would really, like, I just realized someone commented, like, the Hall of Fame game would be tonight. Yes. Yeah. And, like, I would have football in my life, and I got to be honest, I get why they're not doing preseason games. I understand it. I think it makes sense. But it makes me unbelievably sad because some of these, basically all of these unbelievably fire takes that Mr. Briscoe was (laughs) reading off were based on the beauty that is trying to successfully analyze preseason games, which is just delicious trying to do that where you're like um but is the guy he's playing like gonna be a auto salesman next week i don't know Um, but boy did he look good against that dude so i'm gonna write about it so anyway that was that was just my little thought on the whole practice thing because like andy reed has got so much time on his hands right now where it's like man i don't have to worry about the media looking at anything i wonder if mahomes can throw the ball behind his back 40 yards I bet he could, you know, just like that first play, they're going to line up with like three offensive linemen or something weird. <laughs> and I'm here for it. It, I, I, So I found out that the new defensive coordinator of the Texans is Anthony Weaver. 
the new defensive coordinator of the Texans could literally be Bill Belichick two, and I would it would still not <laughs> it would still not be a fair fight. Like it could be Bill Belichick two, like the cyborg Belichick, and I just don't <laughs> think it would matter. Yeah, so it's it's asking a lot, but yeah, I think so. I think Seth's right. I mean, Mister Weaver, get your sleep now, because. Or, yeah, just get your sleep now and and do the best you can. Um, But, yeah, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire will probably be fine. Um, Andy Reid sort of told me on a recent Zoom that, like, they got enough practices. I don't know if you agree with that, Josh, because I I tend to, like, kind of want to push back on that. Where it's like, yeah. but 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 coach, he he literally hasn't been tackled by anybody who wears an NFL yeah. uniform. So like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I get what you're saying, coach, but I also just I don't know, dog. I mean, seems like he would need some reps in a you know dress rehearsal, just a little, just a yeah. little dress, just a little dress, just a little dress, just a little dress. <laughs> Clyde even said in his presser like two weeks ago, like he was like, yeah, it's actually picking up the playbooks been easier than it was at LSU because I'm not also doing school, which I do think there's something to that. Like, yep. like your whole yeah. job now is to learn the playbook and not playbook and also like chem class. But but more specifically, uh, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, leave me Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I just it, I, I don't I've never I've never known anyone who actually took a chem class in college, but maybe yeah, it's common. I, Please don't Google anything I said. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm being antagonistic <laughs> today. Okay, my, I took a I took a like a intro to physics. I think is what my like advanced wow. science credit was, which was That's great cool. actually. Yeah, I felt I felt smart throughout the whole thing, um, and I remember. Absolutely none of it. Anyway, uh, he he said that he like was having an easier time with the playbook now. And then Andy Reid talked about it on uh, Monday, I think. He got asked about that, and and he was sort of like, "Yeah, well, we're still kind of throwing a lot at him soon." So I, I think there is, I think that learning curve is going to be real. But I, I also think it's fair to say, like he can he can do some of it. Um, if I made you rank the guys behind him, uh, Nate, where would you go among those other three guys in terms of like expected playing time at this point? Yeah, I would say. Uh, Clyde up top, uh, and this and this is kind of fun because it's alluding to I think what's what's going to be my next story. It may be out by the time you listen to this if you're doing it over the weekend. Ooh. I think I'm going to do a updated roster projection now that we know. Hey, who are the 79 guys still on the team? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think it would be Clyde, of course, um, DeAndre Washington because he has the most NFL experience and he's like the veteran. Mm-hmm. He's he, like think of DeAndre as a younger. Uh, but entering the sort of phase that Spencer Ware had a couple years ago, mm. um, mm-hmm. like the 2018 Spencer Ware, like that might be who he yeah. is. Um, I think you put Darwin Thompson above Daryl Williams just because one, he he didn't have a hamstring injury, and this gets lost just because you know memories fade and the coronavirus you know dictates our lives. But <laughs> Darwin Thompson played really well on special teams. Uh, around mid December, yeah, did mid December through 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 the postseason. <laughs> so you know he's gonna Dar- Darwin Thompson is gonna be hard to keep off the field on special teams. Was the full headline? I cut it short. It was, you know, it cut it cuts off on Google. You know, you just can't. It's a character limit. Oh, um, so yeah. <laughs> so I would put Darwin third, and then we'll you know because we have no preseason games. Uh, you know, we'll if if I am able to see practice at some point in time, I'll, I'll keep an eye on Daryl Williams. 
I like I'm gonna I want your your breakdown also, Seth. I really like Darrell Williams, and I'm sticking with Darrell Williams because he's been in the system and he like mm-hmm. there were legit like like they were raining praise on him. It felt like it felt like uh Dylan McCullough, the running backs coach, and Eric Bieniemy like were both saying nice things about him basically right up until he got hurt. They they were they were they they were hey Tom Brady, hey Tom, hey Tom Brady. The Chiefs coaching staff basically said Daryl Williams was better than LaShawn McCoy. I just I just want you to know that. That yeah. And that was said yeah, that in happened. mid-December. Yeah, that happened yeah. frequently. So I I I am holding out hope for Daryl Williams because I also think he's more well-rounded than he gets credit for for the most part. Where people are like, oh, mm-hmm. he could be like your short yardage guy. Like he was catching passes out of the backfield and look good at it. Yep. Uh, yeah. But also, I don't think there's a ranking of those three guys that I would be like furious at. Like right. I. Frankly, Nate, I might have literally flipped yours upside down in terms of what I would have guessed that you were going to say, and I'm still like, yeah, that still makes sense. It, I can I can still see all of them coming in those in those different spots. Right, and and the funny thing is, again, if I am able to watch practice sometime soon, Andy may flip it just like you mentioned. There may be one day where you know Darwin's with the second team offense or getting you know some sort of reps with with Pat, and then the next day yeah. it may be Daryl. Like, there's so much. Like the two biggest unknowns on the offensive side of the ball are who in the world is playing guard, and I don't know what the running back mm-hmm. situation is behind behind Clyde. But at least with yeah. at least with Damian, you know, making the 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 remarkable and commendable decision to take care of his mother, um, it does free the Chiefs up to say like, okay, if we have to give sixty five to seventy percent of the snaps to somebody. Well, we might as well do it with our first round draft pick. It it does it does <laughs> yeah. ease that decision, but whoever behind them, it's going to be, I think, a competition uh, for most of the year, really. Uh, also, because of the timing of it happening, and this we hadn't talked about this at all. I think everyone at this point probably knows, but um, as Nate alluded to, there the reason he's opting out is because his mother's been diagnosed with stage four cancer, and he wants to be able to spend time with her. And like him, him being highly exposed to COVID or at least being a chance of him being highly exposed to it would make that like impossible. Yeah. Um, so just that's the, that's the backstory on that. If, uh, if, if that was, if anyone didn't know that. And also uh, this is a very small, I'm narrow casting now to like three Facebook commenters, but whenever you don't know why someone made that choice and then you call them a bunch of horrible things in Facebook comments and then you found out that their mom has stage four cancer, you should feel like a bleep bag. And that's and do better next time. That's just just give give everybody a second. Let you know feel that out, and and then you'll you'll eventually find out people have stuff going on. So um, that's the the rundown on Damian Williams. We also we don't have a ton of time left, Nate. Uh, but you wrote two stories within this last week about the the sort of uh, <laughs> fake training camp start, if you will, <laughs> because uh, we've seen so little of it. But you wrote about Charvarius Ward and and his quest to be like a true number one lockdown guy this year and to prove that this year, and then also just sort of some early camp takeaways. What between those stories kind of jumped out to you that people can read up on the Athletic right now? Yeah, so I'll start with Charvarius because I feel like I was I feel like I raised my hand on him early i'm like hey this this dude might be mm-hmm. some he may be some mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. think about this guys Shervarius shows up to work in a pandemic and wants to be you know just wants to make him just wants the betterment of himself and then he looks mm-hmm. around and he says you've never done this before you've never done this before <laughs> you barely been doing this um mm-hmm. you just got here and oh my god like you're gonna be probably suspended for the first four weeks 
Yep. <laughs> I gotta be a Hall of Famer now. Um, so at least he's leaning into the idea of like I've got to be great immediately. The Chiefs, I feel like, have always put so much on Javarius from like the day he first got here, where they're like, learn the playbook, learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it. I still remember. Hey, it's your first game starting. Why don't you start against Russell Wilson? <laughs> Russell Wilson and Let's yeah. just see how it goes. And Doug Baldwin yeah. was just like, who is this guy? Um, I just, oh, one of my favorite memories was just Javarius being like, coach, coach, but 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 why? Um, and don't forget, don't forget too, he had to guard, you know, Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman one on one on an island because Bob Sutton was like. You got it, dog. <laughs> I believe this. in you. So, again, oh. the Chiefs have put so many burdens on Traverius Ward, and he's kind of risen mm-hmm. every time. But this is kind of like the— While he couldn't see, <laughs> just throwing that out yes, there. Yes, before his eye surgery that he got this offseason. Yeah, season. shout out to, to Sam Bellinger, who got, who, who's who been tracking that story. But, like, yeah, I mean, the whole time, the Chiefs are just like, be better. And he's like, sure. And now this is the ultimate yep. test. Thankfully, you know— a guy named DeAndre Hopkins won't be on the field on September 10th, but for the most part, mm-hmm. a lot is going to be placed on Traveria. So that was the most interesting thing I thought from the Zoom calls, which is why I wanted to make it sort of a separate story. And then with the way this camp has started, y'all, I'm going to just say, I might say it once an episode. Guys, if there are no preseason games, and you're only practicing against guys that you will get familiar with by, like, I don't know, the third practice of an extended training camp. Offensive line play this year might be garbage in September. It mm. it really might. And so I'm going to sort of evaluate this as we go forward, but I just want you guys to know, the Chiefs may not score 50 on opening night, and it probably will be because the offensive line is, is just – they just they just ain't hit nobody in a live setting that wasn't already Oof, on their team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will make yeah. the argument right now, and then I'll pass it off to you guys as to what your theories are. Um, but I asked I asked Andy, how do you get offensive and defensive linemen prepared when one, it's a contact sport; two, you're trying to prevent them from getting COVID; and three, you have no preseason games. So I think it is the best project. To just pick five offensive linemen right now, and and those are your five, barring somebody mm. testing positive. Don't be doing like Andy and Andy Heck have been very, I think, smart in saying like we're gonna trust cross train people. Like, hey, what happens if Austin Ryder twists an ankle? Okay, well you've had reps at the center position, you know, throughout practice all year. You've you can then, you, then Nick Allegretti could find his way into the starting lineup. <laughs> some would say, but I think. I think now it's just like if you want chemistry, timing, protection calls to be right, uh, I don't know, protecting a guy with, I don't know, the largest contract in American sports history, just pick five offensive mm-hmm. linemen and just just practice them to death so that when the you know when the game is actually mm-hmm. mattering, uh, they are as most prepared as you possibly can be. And then you'll cross-train guys as the regular season moves on. But that is my concern from everything I learned uh, earlier this week while not seeing any real practices. Seth, what are you thinking? Either on Ward or the line or whatever. Um, I think uh, that uh, Ward has been asked to do a lot. And that first start, I felt so bad for him. Because mm. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a cornerback get not even – he didn't get beat. It's just like 
Hey, did you know if the quarterback throws a perfect rainbow 50 yards down the field, it <laughs> yeah. literally doesn't matter how good your coverage is? <laughs> um, Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> that was, well, yeah, yeah. never was like, oh, Traverius Ward was getting roasted. I was like, man, he was basically like inside the jersey of the yeah. player he was defending. Like, sometimes when my wife's feeling obnoxious, she'll come up to me and she'll like insert herself into my shirt like it's a weird deal i wish Whoa. i hadn't really gone this direction i'm gonna speak for nate and danielle that makes three of us that wish you hadn't yeah nothing like, like jumping up yeah. in the air and uh i can't shoot oh i got yeah. nobody to pass to <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah no i think i actually hit my face on the backboard there as i was going up but i thought i had a sweet dunk there so Anyway, but so he's yes, all tell me, over so this what, guy. Tell me more about. Tell like, me more about this scene. Paint this picture again, I guess. Well, no, like you know, like she can just pull my shirt out and like just like because she's small and like you know, like when you were like when you were kids and you and your siblings could both fit into one shirt. Go on. He's not. He's not good. <laughs> oh my gosh! I let the silence hang there just because it was so funny. Holy crap! That was so funny. Um, I'm, anyway. just try, I'm just trying to see how you, where you're going with this. Yeah, no, okay. no, you're still you're still hanging in the air right now, Seth. Okay, Put the ball up. okay. So anyway, as I was saying, the coverage was excellent on the you play. You still did not explain that well enough for me to have any idea what you're talking about. So no, like from the bottom of my shirt, like she can like get. I don't know how to describe this in a way that doesn't sound horrendous. How, how does this conclude? Is my question. Yeah. Well, where, where, where are you going with then this? Both of our heads. Both of our heads are out of my neck hole. <laughs> that's it. I little, think we're right, done. We I did think it, that's everybody. It, guys. We found. Yeah. Good podcast. Yeah. All right. Well. Good podcast, everybody. And I'm I mean, so we're done. Sad. That you just heard the last episode ever of Times Ours. We're done with the I, show. Period. What if we edited it to where it literally just ended after <laughs> Seth said, both of our heads are coming out of my neck hole. And then the podcast just ended. There was never another episode. No explanation. It was just... No it music, was like, it was, it was the quiet, Sopranos yeah. cut to black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. I All right, finish sweating. your point, Seth. Finish your point. Finish your point, okay. you, anyway, you nasty pervert. <laughs> what? I'm the one being assaulted here. I don't know why no one's yelling at my We're wife. We're being assaulted by your words. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway ward had great coverage he's busy. he was asked to do a lot way too early nate's exactly right in terms of the offensive line they need to pick five guys i think it should be probably wiley on the right and assembly on the left at guard mm-hmm. and just have writer in the middle unless someone has an, an unbelievable camp and just like he said just rep the crap out of those guys most of those guys you got to remember have been in the system for multiple years right and I think that gives them an advantage over other teams, but it's still going to be very, very difficult. I'm guessing Reed tries to scheme around it opening night in terms of asking them to just be in specific places. Reed likes to call plays where you've got spot blocks. Um, I don't know what he calls them, but I mean, to where you, you, you're supposed to get to a certain spot, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to blocking a certain player and trying to do everything in, in synchronization. And so I think they'll do a lot of that. And honestly, I worry a little bit less about this than some people because I, I just keep getting told that with offensive linemen, a lot of them, they just worry about their job. It's just one dude worrying about the one job and you can't worry about what everyone else is doing around them. The great, venerable Mitch Morse told me that and I'm still sad. I miss him. But <laughs> so I'm not as worried about that as you are, Nate. Um, but what do I know? I mean, I've got my wife coming out of my neck hole and there's all kinds of crap going wrong. So what what do I know? I thought I, I thought Jody Fortson would, would, would maybe make an impact. 
<laughs> Red zone threat. Oh. Red zone. <laughs> oh. All right. So I don't. Yeah. So Nate, here you go. I don't know how you wrap this up, but here's what I'll tell you real quick. Uh, you can get forty if you're not subscribed to the Athletic and not getting everything from the Athletic right now. Forty percent off at theAthletic.com/slash/times/hours. You can follow us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan. I'm at JB Briscoe. You can tweet at us or about the show using the hashtag TimesRs. That's the show. Don't pop out of anybody's neck hole. All right. Um, well, as you as you guys know. Um, you know this podcast has been it's been somewhat unusual because we're in unusual times. I just want to bring everybody in the in the podcast locker room. Um, it wasn't pretty, guys. It, well, it certainly it certainly wasn't pretty. But was if I have to, you know, we, we got through it. Obviously, you, the listener, um, just just incredible job by you, incredible job. But there's <laughs> there's one there's one person we got to give a podcast game ball to. Um, that's that's producer Danielle. Everybody clap it up for Danielle. <laughs> This woman, this woman has put up with us for an entire year, folks. It is her one-year anniversary <laughs> is it this really? week. Really? Yep. Oh my <laughs> in god. In the athletic, um, Danielle, we do it for you, and we say sorry. <laughs> yep. And we're all very sorry. Dan- Danielle on three. One, two, three. Danielle. 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 <laughs>